millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Race for the Ring, Episode 62, Hangry, How Quarantine Has Changed Our Sex Lives. You're listening to The Race for the Ring. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, motivational author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and a single mom. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In the age of Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, there seems to be more horror stories and humor than happy endings among my friends and social circles. And I want to know why. Each week, we'll chat with a different dating queen or king, socialite or relationship expert, and explore the many facets of dating today, pitfalls to steer clear from, and how to find the finest fish in the sea. Get ready, set, go! Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the Race for the Ring. And today's episode is one that I was so excited to bring to you. I've been talking about this periodically for the last month, out after I read this amazing article in the Huffington Post, which raised my eyebrows. Even with Botox, they still moved because I was so overwhelmed by the information. Basically, um, it explored the notion of single people basically embracing abstinence like the sex drives are basically dwindling and then others are obviously in overdrive. So I wanted to kind of explore the notion of practicing safe sex. When are we going to get back in bed with people? When is it going to be safe? How to go about it? If you lost your sex drive, how to reignite it? All of the above. And today... I have a panel of three different guests. First, I have Dr. Tom Murray, who is a sex therapist, and he's out of Greenville, North Carolina. I have my personal friend and colleague, Elizabeth Wellington, who's a writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and like me, is not in a relationship and basically abstinent. And then I have Ashley, who is um, another panelist who is in um, a friends with benefits sort of situation um, and is practicing sex. So we're having sex, I should say. So we're all jealous of her. I'm just kidding. So anyway, I wanted to kind of dive into some of that, talk about, as I mentioned, the topic about how quarantine has changed our sex lives overall. Um, Again, just to recap briefly, after reading an article in the Huffington Post that was entitled Sex Therapists Reveal How Quarantine Has Changed Our Sex Lives, the coronavirus pandemic has both improved and hindered sexual intimacy. And here's how. 
um, I was very intrigued. So we're going to dive into how people have gone a year without sex due to COVID, sharing their stories, talking about igniting the flame or helping to fuel the flame. And I'm very, very, very excited to dive right in. So let's go. Hello, my two guests. Welcome to the Race for the Ring. We're going to dive into some spicy combo today. I am joined by um, an amazing sex therapist, Dr. Tom Murray, out of the Greenville, North Carolina vicinity, with some roots to um, to Pennsylvania, and also my dear friend and professional colleague, Elizabeth Wellington, who is a hangrier. I don't even know if that's a real word. Is it Elizabeth? <laughs> <or not>? um, <laughs> she's a writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and also Ashley Simpkins, who's joining us, who's also so hangry. Ashley, where are you from? Where are you coming to I'm, us from? I'm from South Jersey. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm like a town over from Sam. Oh, okay, cool. Sam, for everybody yeah. listening, Sam works in my office. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Um, not everybody that listens to this pod, although he's been a guest on the show. He's awesome. Um, all right, great. So right, yeah, the yeah. topic today, as I mentioned in the intro, is basically about being, I'm calling hangry, when you're hungry and angry and dying and like, whatever, maybe, maybe you're not, I don't know. So the quarantine has changed quite a bit in the dating life. We've explored that pretty much all year here on the race for the ring, um, different upticks, different down spirals and things of that nature. One major um, change has been people's sex drive. Either you have like a massive fire burning, like an inferno inside of you because you're dying to have sex as you've been basically dormant the whole time because of precautions and being safe or maybe you have like a compromised family member that's in your bubble and you just were trying to keep them safe, which is, I don't have a compromised family member, but I've been very cautious because of my mom um, and dad because they're in their 70s. But I mean, I have been somewhat active on the dating scene, but I... I tend to not jump into bed anyway, so it's probably to my detriment <laughs> that uh, <laughs> all, my, all my non-single friends think I'm way too cautious and conservative at this juncture in my life, but that's another story. Um, and um, and also perhaps, um, you know, just because because of that, you found other avenues of, of fun, so to speak, um, or maybe because of stress and things of that nature, your sex drive is just dwindled. So I want to kind of share a little bit about every where everybody is, their sexual preference. I'll go first. I'll be like the guinea pig. And and then we're going to get Dr. Murray to weigh in. And, you know, it's going to be a free-for-all. Um, I'll take control of the convo. This is the first time I have more than two guests on the show. Um, but it's fine. We have 30 minutes. So we'll get right into it. All right. So I'm in I am single. I um my last time I had sex was in December. It was with a guy I was dating for about three months. Um, I don't have sex a lot and I'm hangry. Okay, go ahead, Elizabeth. Oh, and my sexual problem, I'm heterosexual. Okay, go Elizabeth. <laughs> I'm to follow that up. Um my name is Elizabeth Wellington. I live in Philadelphia. Um, I haven't been in a relationship for some time, so I hadn't had sex in a while before the pandemic even started. <clears throat> so 
pandemic really put a, a what is it, a um, fork a in our plan? In, in my plan. So I don't know. It's been about almost probably, I guess, since the pandemic, probably going on two years since I had sex. Oh, um, wow. You're a hagra, yeah. girl. Hagra. You know, but I think I'm in that group of people who probably have, like, had a dwindled sex drive. Moment. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not like I don't like it. I mean, if Idris Elba showed up naked, I'm there. But um, <laughs> I feel kind of like it's. It, I, I guess I'm at the point where I can like take it or leave it because not because sex is terrible. It's just all the stuff that comes with it, right? So like the emotions, the the, mm-hmm. the scary doctor visits because you didn't use protection. You know, waiting for your period to come like a like a stopwatch. Like yo, where you at? Um, yeah, <laughs> like so you really need a friend with benefits, not a boyfriend. I don't know. If I need maybe. Um, I think I need. I think I need peace more than anything. And mm-hmm. I can't enjoy sex if I'm like worried about like where's the friend with benefits been? Who like all that? Yeah, stuff that yeah. Well, like an exclusive friend with benefits. <laughs> yeah, there's like yeah. lots of like you know you're not sure. You're early in the relationship. Where do you stand? All the mental hygiene. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if Dr. Murray can help me with that. I, I probably have a block because I'm exhausted. Like, so I would <laughs> I, I would rather wait at this point in my life. Like, I had the fun. I had I you know I slid down the slide. I slid down the slippery slope of of you know I should have been having with or whatever all that kind of stuff. And now I'm just kind of like, yo, why don't I just I've done all the work. You know, I'm I rather just wait. And that doesn't mean I don't feel pleasure, but I would just like wait for like a friend with benefits is too much. That's still a whole lot of drama too, because it's like, are we friends? Are we not friends? I've been down all the yeah, roads. yeah. I've been down I hear all that. Roads, you're careful with like, that, so your emotions stay out of it. Well, for the most part, I'm like, can I just have like two more? So yeah, that's so that's my okay. point. That's where I am. And your preference is men? Yes, big, okay. big, early black ones. Yes. <laughs> okay okay ashley go ahead your turn okay so hi guys i think this is perfect too because i think i'm gonna offer up like a totally different perspective for multiple different reasons so i feel like i'm on like sex addicts anonymous i'm like hi guys (laughs) i'm ashley (laughs) um so let's see the questions i'm from south jersey um i date girls strictly girls um, last time I had any action was a week ago today. So, wow. Yeah. You're not angry then. You're happy. So I think I would fall more into the category, like you mentioned about, it's kind of like increased the uh-huh. drive. Uh-huh. Um, so I did go through a dry spell like back last year, but that has kind of come to an end. Thank everyone above. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's been good. I kind of have like, I wouldn't call it friends with benefits. I would say it's a little bit more than that. But I have a situation where it's like a consistent thing right now. That's awesome. And yeah. how did you guys meet? Did you meet like online or <laughs> did you meet out? Or This is actually a really – I'll be quick with it, but it's a really interesting story. She actually um, – we went to high school together. Um, she was a senior and I was a freshman. It was kind of like that sort of dynamic. Uh-huh. Um, and we played volleyball together, and she was like the captain on varsity, and I was the freshman. Like she didn't even you look like at me. looked up to her. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. yeah. She was actually like the first girl I ever looked at, and I was like, "Why am I so like enamored?" That's like the best word I can use to describe it. I was like so fascinated. I thought it was just because she was like a great player, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then like kind of during quarantine, I said to my one friend, I was like, yo, do you think I could like pull her now? Like, do you, cause back then, like when I was a little freshman, like I was never going to get her eye, but now it was sort of more of a, okay, I'm in her league. Like I think I could maybe pull this off. And for five months later, here we are. And that's so great. Yeah. So. And is she being safe too, in terms of like, not safe sex wise, but just safe, like COVID wise, are you guys um, getting vaccinated or have you, or did, what were some of, were you nervous about maybe the co- Corona concerns? Um, yeah, I, I'm fully vaccinated. So I don't have anything to worry about there. She had COVID. She's not oh, vaccinated. Okay. Yet, but like, I think she's in that category of like, she feels, you know, she's at a good spot. Um, but we're like exclusively doing right. our things. And you're so being careful. That, yeah. Right. So in that regards, definitely careful. Okay. And, and that helps to sort of um, decrease, you know, hesitations and just worries. With Absolutely. But before her, before the five months, like in the beginning of the pandemic, you were having a dry spell. Is that right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And what was that like for you? Was that frustrating? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. To say the least. Like, I, I think I am a very like sexually driven sort of person yeah um even in my relationships like if that's not there I'm very quick to be like okay like that, that's a huge thing for me and there's mm-hmm. no hiding that me too um, I hear you I definitely right? think it's important yeah for me yeah definitely if that's not good then we're just like friends at that point <laughs> like what 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 makes it more than that you know yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. It, was, it was slow in the beginning and I was like kind of on like dating apps like tinder and stuff but nothing nothing was really happening because my dad was like super concerned about COVID and whatnot. As oh, sure. Was. Yeah. 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 And he's on the overall. So, right. So you want to vibe. Yeah. Okay. So Dr. Murray, we're going to bring you in our fabulous sex therapist. Um, <laughs> what, what's your overall um, scope, I guess, in terms of what you're seeing in your practice and people being hangry or, you know, um, just practicing safe sex or not have practicing, I guess, not having sex because they want to be safe, things like that. What's the overall, like, I guess, consensus, would you say? Well, first of all, can I say that I had sex this morning? <laughs> You did? You can. You're the coolest of all of us. You're making me look bad. Was it good? (laughs) Is it it ever not? I know. That's a good answer. Fashion with sex service. I hope it's good with you, right? You know all the tricks of the trade. Once Um, you go, Murray, you want more in a hurry. You know what I'm saying? That's hilarious. Are you married or are you in a relationship? In a relationship, you? yeah. Oh, yeah, we're good. we uh, not monogamous, but we, uh, it's uh, it works out for us. That's so that's great. All right, so tell us about um, <laughs> not, not having more Mary in a hurry, but tell us a little. That's great. I have to find a line for Barnett. <laughs> if you could help me with that. <laughs> Um, anyway, tell us a little bit about what the overall, um, you know, you're familiar for everybody. I mentioned this in the intro on the inspiration for this show is this article that I read in the Huffington Post not that long ago, basically exploring different situations as it pertains to sex and mostly single people, but also couples too, about how stress plays a big factor. You're in the room with a person constantly 24 seven, they're getting on your nerves anyway. Like there's the last thing you want to do is hop into bed with them. Um, among some people, some people that I would think, but I was, uh, you know, 
kind of comparing it to like a snowstorm, but that's obviously there's an end game with a snowstorm where you hear like the baby boom and like things like that. But this was like something that was obviously very different. People were dying, people were losing their jobs. They didn't know when it was going to end. So there was a lot of ugliness that was part of this as opposed to just looking at your window and seeing pretty snow and being stuck in the house for a couple of days. So, um, Anyway, I think because I'm a novice, obviously not in a relationship, I would be all over my partner 24 seven, but I say that and maybe I would have probably been grossed out by them by like day five, who knows? <laughs> no, I think that's, but, that's absolutely yeah. right. You know, um, we had thought, wow, there's going to be this huge baby boom. Mm -hmm. But in fact, we found that it was the opposite. There was a decline in, in births, uh, uh, at the start of, of COVID. And I think the, your point to the, the snow blizzard, right. Is that when you're bombarded by negative news, mm. you know, that, that is terrifying. Right. And, and you combine the fact that kids were home, that, mm. you know, jobs started to, to, you know, no longer be in the office and you're with each other 24 seven and mm -hmm. fire needs air. And so if you're always in the same space all the time, that really decreases desire, right? Cause you know, d desire requires mystery. Yeah. When you're with that person 24 seven, the person becomes the beach. The beach? Become, the beach. Yeah. People, you know, people oh, who live beach. at the beach. I thought you said yeah. the beach. I'm like, how so? <laughs> well, when, oh, people yeah. Who, that who I at the beach, And you yeah. ask them, how often do you go to the beach? What do they say? Never. Because yeah. it's always there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So oh, I see the analogy. Okay. Yeah. So when your partner yeah. is always accessible, then they don't, then, then that attraction begins to diminish. Mm -hmm. And when you combine all of those environmental factors, those pressures, those stressors, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, over over half a million people died. You know, virtually everyone has been impacted by that. Those are not mm -hmm. aphrodisiacs. No, that's very true. So what is your advice to your patients or just to any of us listening or the three of us sitting, or maybe not, maybe not Ashley, since she's having sex, but the Elizabeth and I, or not, what, <laughs> what, um, what, or people that are in a relationship and they're kind of like their sex life is fizzled out because of like obvious reasons. What, what's your advice? Like, what are some of the things that you would bring to the table for us to kind of implement? Yeah. Well, first is to, to realize that your sexual style is normal for you. Mm -hmm. We'll start with there. Like whatever it is that however you express your sexuality, that's perfectly normal for you. And that for most people, most people have what's called responsive desire. They don't have spontaneous desire. That's Hollywood, right? Hollywood mm -hmm. says that, oh, boom, I should, I should be wanting, I should be desiring sex all the time. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's not most people, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, men tend to be more likely to have spontaneous desire than mm -hmm. than than women. If I'm going to be using binary language, you know, they yeah. tend to to use to to experience spontaneous desire more. But for most people, there is that again, like that contextual that 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 environmental element that impacts one's experience of desire. So when you're if you're a single person, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you might 
change how you think about sexual expression. You know, Elizabeth talked about self-pleasuring. You know, people masturbate for a variety of reasons, out of boredom, they want some entertainment, they want to, to fall asleep at night, stress reduction, you know, whatever it is, you know, there's a variety of reasons that people masturbate, all acceptable, of course. Um, and then when you're, when you are partnered, uh, it, it, it can be helpful to take risks, mm-hmm. right? Most couples, when they come into couples therapy, uh, they they come in because they're either risk avoidant or conflict avoidant or both. What do you mean by risk and conflict? Can you, can well, you, you give know, us a quick definition? Someone walking down, you know, someone willing to walk around the house naked. Oh, they're not willing risky. to take. That's risky. Ooh, Elizabeth, <laughs> look at you. She's that's letting right. it all hang out. <laughs> I would. If I, if I lost about 10, 15 pounds, I'd probably, uh, <laughs> I don't know. See. I always think I need to lose 10 to 15 pounds, though, even when I need to gain 10 to 15 pounds. But okay. <laughs> right. And so even that thought, right, even that thought isn't, doesn't inspire one to express oneself sexually. Right. That's true. Right? That's very and, true. Uh, yeah. Versus I am beautiful just as I am, and I'm going to show it to the world, the world being you know, maybe the confines of your apartment. Uh, that's that's that, that, that energy, bringing that energy into the relationship. The other piece is um, acknowledging that you deserve sexual pleasure, that you're deserving of it, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. when you're in that space, of being in a relationship, particularly if you're in a monogamous relationship. And monogamy, something we don't talk about as a culture, monogamy is has an an occupational hazard of decreasing desire, right? Because um, desire has a lot to do with competition, Mm-hmm. Right. If you know that if you if you're if you're going out into the world and you know other people are also attracted to your partner or your partner realizes other people are attracted to you, that can mm-hmm. really inspire desire. Yeah, right? that's true. So yeah, a couple guys I've dated in the past have all said like like liked when like other guys would like hit on me or look at me or whatever. And I was like, why does that make you happy? Like, I would be annoyed with that. But I guess that's probably why. What's your advice with Ashley, who seems to be in, like, the only one in this somewhat monogamous relationship? How can she keep the spark alive in that way so that it stays um, lit, so to speak, or ignited? Mystery. Showing up in surprising ways. Mm-hmm. Showing up in surprising ways. Um, intimacy is about high risk, high anxiety, low predictability. Um, uh, really, it's a it's a. How am I showing up in ways that are are new to my partner, so they're rediscovering me? Mm-hmm. Right. What happens with when desire goes down? It's because there's too much closeness. Right, too much closeness. There's this pursuit of low risk, low anxiety, high predictability, comfort, familiarity. That really drives down desire. So by increasing intimacy, by taking risks, being unpredictable, doing things that are in surprising ways, letting your partner know that you're interested in them as a as a kind of this this 
this novel that you're discovering page after page, right? The, the, the mistake that a lot of couples make is they begin to believe, I already know my partner. Once that thought- So they ends, take them for granted and them. then they get stuck in that rut, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. Yes. You always have to kind of stay on your toes no matter right. how long. Even when you're married for like 25 years, would you say? And always if your sex it. is if your sex is what I call uh nipple nipple pussy sex. What's that? <laughs> yeah, what is that? that? You know, Elizabeth <laughs> knows what that is. It's like you you already know what's going to happen when you oh. go into the bedroom. Yeah. You know, it's, I hate that. it's yeah. yeah. So Who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but when you can be, when you can uh, again be so surprising, <laughs> I might be taking a bath after this show. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, continue. <laughs> so, so um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll often ask couples, "Who's the first person to lie down on the bed when you have sex?" Because I that... don't know. It's been that long, but usually me. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not starfish. <laughs> oh God. But whoever is the first person that sets the sequence often, and so by changing it up, you you just it just infuses again a cascade of something different than what you're used to, because mm-hmm. that predictability again drives down desire. Hmm. Can I ask a question? Yes. How about for people who, I guess because it's not like I was a wild child in my 20s, but I felt like the late to, late 90s, early 2000s, there was a lot of unpredictability, right? Like, you know, you go to the, you know, you go, it was, we were, like, it felt like we were safe. You go to the club, you might go home with somebody. Like, I had a lot of unpredictability, like, and that was exciting. Like, you'd meet a guy, you know, and then go home with them or you'd meet them on Thursday and by Friday you were tussling around in the sheets and it was like exciting but then you didn't know like where he was when he was going to call you again and all that other kind of stuff so I kind of want some predictability <laughs> like I want to know like the, the intimacy <clears throat> is cool like further the intimacy would be good like you know you can shake that up once you get to know someone but how about, but a lot of people, a lot of, especially men, or kind of want the, they thrive on that unpredictability. And I think, and it's hard to be in a space where people are being unpredictable at a time where you kind of have to be predictable because it could be your life. So mm-hmm. what's your advice about like when you're starting new relationships and people kind of want that unpredictability to, and they don't want to be tied down, but you're like, it's like COVID, like, Right. Like, how do you You sort of have to have that understanding? I feel like that you're, you know, you're almost for me when I date someone and when I'm ready to like be intimate with them, even if it's just a friend or something like and it's not like a real like serious relationship, whatever comes my way next. I don't want to be with somebody who's hooking up with other people only because I would be afraid that they're going to come back with some sort of virus, you know, like whatever. I just want to be smart. Even though I'm vaccinated and everything, I just think that I wouldn't do that to them and I wouldn't want them to do that to me. So what is that? Then that, I feel like that could, 
I don't want to pay pigeonhole you, but like if you're just having fun, I guess you could date other people and see. And then if you're not, you know, you find someone else that you want to be with, be with, and you just be honest with the friend or perhaps um, you just take it slower, but you just date each other or I don't know. What is you, what do you think about that? Just to add to what Elizabeth was asking with the yeah. unpredictability safety side. Yeah. You know, life is inherently risky. Right. And so we, we then go ahead and we manage the risks. If we're primarily finding partners at the dance club and we're taking them home, then the psychology of that person who's likely to come home with us is probably someone who likes to take risks. Mm-hmm. Right. So some people are daters and some people are relationshipers. You know, they immediately go to, could I live, could I spend the rest of my life with this person? Right. Mm-hmm. Only mm-hmm. after a first couple of dates, or sometimes they're thinking that before they even meet the person, you know, they've been just, they, they've been chatting with them on Tinder or what have my you. Friend, already, I have a friend that does that. Yeah. I'm like, they're oh already God, wondering, yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> relax girl. Yeah. <laughs> tone it down. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And so now anxiety comes in, but it's not anxiety in the way that can be helpful to intimacy, but it's anxiety in the way that's neurotic. Right. And that, that certainly can impede uh, uh, that, that sexual expression. Sex is supposed to be fun. You know, it's, it's, it's adult play. Right. And so once we Im- impose a lot of rules on it, uh, uh, the more rules you impose on it, the more problematic it is to be able to have fun. Right. Because then you're worried about, oh, how does he or she feel about that extra 10 pounds that I that I personally think about all the time? You know, mm-hmm. uh, am I good enough? Am I sexy enough? Am I smart enough? Am I, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it be, all of that impacts your experience of being a sexual being. So, so it's all like about, con- go ahead. I'm sorry. No, so just out of curiosity. And, and when you were saying that, I wasn't saying like I was picking up people. I was just saying, you know, like, you know, like how. Own it. Own it. Yeah. As you know, but as like when forever, but like when you, so how, what's your advice to people who are coming out of the COVID fear with all this stuff and like want to kind of start fresh again, but still maybe worried about the 10 to 15 COVID pounds or how people see them or how you can like be, you know, like what's your advice, like going post COVID, how to like get your, cause you know, I want to get my groove back like Stella. So, you know, <laughs> what's your advice to that? How to do that? So, you know, kind of like driving a car, you're always yeah. driving off course right you're always driving off course when you drive a car you're always driving off course and how do i know well when you get in the car the next time when you're you set your wheels and you lock your arms and you don't move them at all you'll realize quickly oh shit i'm driving off course so you Mm. are correcting course and then your hands go up and down your steering wheels is shifting in order to stay on the direction so life is not create problems aren't created by the driving off course problems are created by the not correcting course so now 
now that <laughs> for the people in the back, uh, for, uh, so your your uh, your your endeavor to correct course. So now that I've gained the fifteen pounds, I am going to now correct course. What do I do today to move me back into the direction that I want to go? Lose weight, exercise, take care of yourself, meditate, feel good about yourself. It goes back to like self love, I guess, right? Which is you really know, what the I'm, ring is. Yeah. And self-love, used both ways, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you'll get your groove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work out those arms. Oh, God, so funny. That's really good advice, though. So just, like, own it, work on it. If you're not happy with yourself, try to see how you can fix it. For right? sure, for sure. You know, though, I'm I, I my title at, uh, for my company is chief provocateur, <laughs> and part of that is because I go against the grain. Like, you know, when I hear people talk about you should love yourself, like I throw up a little bit in my mouth <laughs> because let's just let's just break that I down. Say that all the time, you must vomit a lot. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> well, let's just look at it. Let's just look at yeah. it. When you believe that you're entitled to love yourself and yet you don't, you don't you feel worse? I Everybody tells me I should love myself, but I don't, right? Yeah. That makes yeah. you feel worse. I don't believe that we are entitled to love ourselves. Self-esteem is an equation. Self-esteem equals self-discipline plus self-control. Self-discipline is saying yes to the things you need to say yes to, and self-control is saying no to the things you need to say no to. If you do those two things, you can't help but to feel better about yourself. That's but true. people want to go straight to, I should be, I should feel good about myself. Everybody tells me I should feel good about myself. And then, and yet you don't, you tend to feel worse. Yeah. Well, I love myself, so I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> What's not to love? I'm only kidding. <laughs> Except I'm not. <laughs> I'm only teasing. No, that's very true. I can definitely see that. To be like if someone like is like in that place and then they're like, it makes them feel like probably even like they're more trouble than they probably are technically. So, all right. Well, we are actually out of time. So quick pieces of advice for um Ashley, who's in a relationship, Mindy and Elizabeth, who are not. Mindy has a high sex drive. Elizabeth does not. We can all ride our own bicycles at our own speed, right? So overall, like, do you think that there's hope for people that um, want to have go back into bed, but are, like, basically complacent and used to not having sex for this long? I guess that was really of what course, the theme of the show was supposed yeah. to be essentially like so i wanted to just address that are we going to be in abstinence for the rest of our lives and living like nuns <laughs> <laughs> i pray Hopefully not. not i pray not uh, yes. you know with ashley for example the you know there's the the idea that foreplay begins immediately after sex ends Foreplay begins immediately after sex ends so how ashley and her partner do little things to you know, to and for each other, to express desire, interest, love, uh, those those little things add the the add more to the fire, right? Because if you don't mm -hmm. add to the fire, what happens? Mm -hmm. The fire goes out. 
So yeah. you go add just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And for the two of you, uh, what I would recommend is reminding yourself, I'm a sexual being. The next time you pass yourself in the mirror, wink at yourself, girl. Wink. <laughs> right? Remind yourself, I am a sexual being. I am a sexual being. And then as you go out in the world, that is what you own. I'm a mm -hmm. sexual being, right? And so that's an energy that you're putting out there. And even, you know, I'm not all about the whole fake it till you make it. Faith it till you make it, right? Have mm -hmm. faith, right? That, uh, that uh, you know, there, there's, there's people out there who are just like you looking for you specifically. They don't know it yet. Right. They don't know it yet because you haven't been out there. But when you, the two of you come together, that's going to happen. Flirt, too. It is OK. Right. Start with that that flirting um, uh, energy you're putting mm -hmm. out there and just play with the flirting, even if the intention isn't to hook up with someone. That's good advice because that'll give you some practice and just yes. sort of get you out of your comfort, at least for me. Get the juices flowing. Yeah, that's cool. All right, well, I'll be true. I'll be practicing that to this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody say how they can, we can find you really quickly. We'll start with you, Elizabeth. Where can our fabulous Race for the Ring listeners find you, read your stories, say hello? Um, you can always find me in, at the Philadelphia Inquirer. You can find me at ewellington at inquirer.com. Twitter, E. Wellington PHL, Facebook, Elizabeth Wellington, Instagram, E. Wellington PHL. Um, sometimes I'm on Clubhouse, sometimes I'm not, um, but I'm pretty easy to find. Um, email me, send me a shout on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, and I'll totally respond. Okay, awesome. Okay, Ashley? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, it's at Ashley underscore Simpkins. Okay, and awesome. We're active there. Okay, perfect. And doctor? Yes, likewise. You can uh, visit me at drtommurray.com or follow me on Instagram at drtommurray. All right, awesome. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for being so fun. honest. Thanks for all of your advice. Dr. Murray, appreciate it. Everybody have happy sex, safe sex, and lots, lots of sex. sex. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys Bye. so much. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. If you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast, just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye. Today's episode was brought to you by Furco's Fine Jewelry. The family-owned business is best known for their handcrafted statement pieces, engagement rings, and fashion finds. Visit them on Instagram at Furco's Fine Jewelry and make them your go-to when shopping for a special gift for a loved one, friend, or for yourself. Race for your ring and use special code MINDY15 at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Happy shopping! 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.